Welcome to the Two Top Podcast, the weekly podcast where we go over different topics in the world. I'm your host, Thomas Lance, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated on the latest episodes. Now let's dive right into this week's episode of Two Top. All right. All right. You ready to podcast? I'm ready to podcast. Well, welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Uh, introductions run. I always blah, forget. Blah 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 blah. New outro is very good, by the way. Thank you. I tried. I like really it. Really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but Matt, you know it goes before an outro. Content. Content. And I have some content for you today. Share, please share. Okay, so you listen to podcasts and yes. music. Yes. And. So do the listeners. You guys listen to podcasts, I assume music. And how are you doing that right now? Is there a couple little things in your ears, over your ears? And are those things plugged into a, a headphone jack? Probably, because today we're talking about the 33.5 millimeter headphone jack. Ah, a staple. Well, it, maybe it once was a staple. Well, I don't know. It's Today is the 33.5 millimeter headphone jack. A memoriam, um, a memory of it, because recently Samsung just announced their details for the new phone, and alas, no headphone jack. The Pixel 2, no headphone jack. All the new iPhones, no headphone jack. The time of the 3.5 millimeter cable is, it's over. It's over. So this is a memorial service. It we're is a memorial here. service. But let's, let's talk about some crazy things with it. It's been around for a long time since it's interesting that we use it so much still. And based on like how technology progresses, how we still use this cable that in a sense was invented in the 19th century, this connection. And over time, it's things have changed. Sound has changed, but we still use the same cable and I don't know. I don't want you guys to unplug your headphones to look, but let me talk about the the cable connection itself. So it's broken into three parts, sometimes four, and I'll explain why four. So you have your tip, the ring, and the sleeve. And the tip's the part that keeps it in, the little nub nub at the top. And then you have your black, your like little black coloring. You know, you've seen that before. It's a plastic uh, yeah. insulator, right? Yeah, it's an insulator. And then you have the next part, the ring, and then another insulator, and then the sleeve. And if you have a headphone that can change volume or stuff like that, there's normally another ring as well. Now, well, Matt, you know your – I know you know your stuff. So do you know which part sends the right side audio and which part sends the left side audio? Between the, the connecting points, like the yeah, sleeve? Yeah, between the connecting points. What part? There's the tip, there's the sleeve, and there's – There's the tip, the sleeve, and the ring. Sleeve and the ring. I, are are my options between the sleeve and the ring? Your options are between all three. Because, all three. Okay. Yes. Um, hmm. That's interesting because there's three parts, but you're going left and right. Two options. I feel like well, the sleeve and the ring are the same size, so I'd assume the sleeve left, the ring right, and the tip just to hold it in, like you said. No, the tip transfers the left audio. Ah, it is the tip. They're the, using the tip. Yes. The ring transfers the right, and then the sleeve is a ground. Okay. Okay. I knew there had to be a ground in there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. 
Makes sense. And then, yes, modern plugs, they have like another ring and that's for your microphone or volume control. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that before. So it's a sad story, but it has a humble beginning. Um, Ever since the creation of telephones, there's been a desire to, well, you have to listen to it. And microphones in the beginning, you kind of had your primitive headphone, which was just a sound tube going into your ear. Now, as time went on, we eventually advanced to the uh, the bigger one, the quarter inch, the quarter yeah, inch connection. quarter inch instrument jack. It's still used among instruments. It's, st- it's still but... used today, and also professional headphones in studios they use them as well. Yeah. And what's interesting is back in the day that you'd when you'd call an operator and they'd transfer you to the correct line when if you're calling someone. They would also use these cables. So these cables have been around for a long time. But they only really started getting introduced into like our phones well, ever since the iPhone existed. So in a sense, it hasn't been that long. And I mean, it's not removing itself from the MP3 player or that stuff. But in a sense, it's not re- those things aren't really used nowadays. It's all the iPhones or laptops. And it's sad to see our little Jack go, but it's something that was up and coming. And there's actually a lot of implications with getting rid of this headphone jack. Think about this. If we get rid of our headphone jacks, there is going to be a desire to buy adapters because think some people have, I know there's really expensive headphones out there. I was recently looking at headphones and some of them were up like topping out at $500 even more for like really really expensive headphones I mean you can get your $5 headphones they're every price range but you'd have to get an adapter to use these or think of all the electronic waste of just Apple saying we're no longer doing a headphone jack think of how many headphones and how many of those connections may be tossed or how many products may be in you may be made already that would have to be tossed or thrown out the waste just from that alone is astronomical and now with more companies going that way the technological waste of this jack is going to expand so far because it's such a commonly used thing and what's funny is the headphone jack actually has it's used for more than just music like there's um there's different products that use the headphone jack for different applications. Like an example I know is there's uh different things that you can put with cameras or your phone to program through the headphone jack. And there's also uh infrared cameras that you can use through the headphone jack. So by removing this connection, you're kind of limiting the expanse of your phone, of your devices. So it's it's sad to see your little guy go. Yeah, you're losing ports. We're losing ports everywhere, left and right. Lo- on computers, on phones. You know, I can picture just thinking back to maybe like early 2000s when I was just a wee little boy. I can remember our family PC even had the 3.5 millimeter jack. It's been around for a while. Um, the iPhone, it's 10 years old now. That had it. I mean, it's relatively like, it's been around, but in our devices it's kind of a new 
new concept, but now we're already tossing it out. And like you said, like an astronomical amount of waste. Yeah, every single iPhone comes with those plastic AirPod earbuds, you know? Yeah. And now, are they useless? I mean, yeah, you get the dongle adapter, but, I mean, we're looking at, everyone's talking to the Bluetooth. Oh, like, that's just the next step, like, without even thinking, like, oh, it's just Bluetooth, you know? We don't need wires. Well, when you look at Apple, they're, in a sense, the trendsetters. Like, a quote I found was, they first got rid, they got rid of DVDs, they got rid of the floppy disk drive, they got rid of the parallel ports, and they're eventually going to get rid of the USB. And that's just how Apple works. And, I mean, it's understandable. You Sometimes, to, in order to move forward, you have to destroy the things of the past. But, I mean... I love my headphones and I like plugging in my headphones and no one, no one likes dongles. No, no No one likes a dongle dongling everywhere. Like I was looking at laptops and seeing USB C like, I know the new MacBook is just four USB C ports and you think it's like, well, I need a dongle for this. I need a dongle for that. I need a lot of dongles. And the multi adapters are very, very expensive too. Yes. Because people understand they need adapters still. But even though we all hate this, the idea of the headphone jack going away, it's something that it's kind of a sub, it's something that was going to happen eventually. As we move forward, the, the headphone jack is such an analog tool in a digital age. I was going to say, because it's been around so long, is that why it's going to go? It's just that's the way technology works. It's just kind of bound to It's bound fall to out of change. I mean, look at the size of memory cards over time like 10 years ago like 10 gigabytes was huge a huge deal and what, what are you packing on your thumb drive right now thumb drive we're currently saving these recording files on a 128 gigabyte flash drive and that's honestly just kind of like a normal size now you know yeah. it's crazy how far we've come or same with uh phone chargers like the you remember the seven pin the old seven pin iphone connector yeah now we use the lightning and now who knows? Lightning might turn into USB C. And know? everybody complained when the Lightning came out because but it's like, a lot better. But you have to admit, it's a lot better. It can go in any direction, and people were like, "Oh, the transition will never happen." It's well, it's going to happen, but people will be upset because there's already so much stuff out with the old connection. But if you look, uh, we seem we all seem pretty fine with it. Yeah, it was just kind of like a, a phase. Like you can tell your mom, it's just a phase. So even if Apple didn't remove the headphone jack, this is something that would have happened in the next 10 years. And Apple doing it just speeds it up astronomically. I would say so. Even if other companies do something before, like wireless charging, as soon as Apple executes, it's going to happen. Well, what's funny is it's something that you could almost see it coming. And it's almost surprising if you think about it, why we've had that jack for so long. And the only reason because of this is because technology wireless technology wasn't that far advanced but now bluetooth is in everything you can have bluetooth in your microwave you can have bluetooth in your fridge you can have bluetooth on a small little piece of plastic so at this point it's time to get rid of the analog pieces i guess and you know maybe we're, maybe we're better that way maybe we'll, so we'll just have to see I mean, I came here with Bluetooth headphones. I see you're wearing Bluetooth headphones. Do you see I'm headphones. wearing some yeah. right now? You know, it's funny that you brought up this topic, topic because just this week I was looking into the Pixel 2 and I was like, okay, no headphone jack. There was also a um, 
a Razer phone that came out specifically for like, it was like a gaming phone. It's really high specs, but it doesn't have a headphone jack. I'm like, well, what if you want to wear, you know, earbuds while you're gaming on this gaming device? But I was like, well, I guess Bluetooth is so good now. And it's honestly pretty accessible. It's pretty cheap too. It's as cheap as like normal earbuds, you know, somewhat. I think it's all just down to people not ready for change. Yeah, and it is change, and that's that's something people need to not necessarily get over, but they need to like uh, observe. Well, it's also ex- it's expensive change. You're not going from like apples to oranges. You're going from I may have spent like some people may have spent like a hundred dollars on a pair of headphones, and then it's like, oh well, this won't work. Yeah. So that's like that's a bummer. And I mean, not to be a, a sound snob, but. A physical, a physical analog connection always sounds better than Bluetooth. Oh, certainly. And then I can argue a CD sounds so much better than compressed audio off a streaming platform. There's such a fidelity difference between like, not necessarily like a tape cassette, but like a CD, like limited compressed audio. It sounds a lot better if you listen with good headphones. I think that's a good discussion for another day. Yeah, I was going to say that could be its own thing. But that's why I have this week. So what do you got for me? What do I have for you? Well, I want to ask you a question first. When was the last time your car was on E? I have never driven my car down to E. No, you always fill up I, before? I never want to be in a situation that I run out of gas. Well, I want, to, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, what happens when you get down to E. Like, what's going on? So how far can you actually go on E, on empty in your car? That's a question we all ask ourselves when we are on E. So, I mean, just the other day I was driving home from Delaware um, and my gas light turned on. Of course, it was like a stormy and dark night, obviously. That's just what happens. Um, I have buddies that tell me they drive to work or school for numerous days on E. And they're just like pushing the limit, you know? I've had I've had buddies who, who run out of gas and they're like, yo, can you bring me some fuel? I ran out. I'm just like... That's crazy. But you know what? It might happen to me someday. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. And another note, like I said, it was it was stormy and dark the other night when I was driving home from Delaware and my e-light e was on. It just always happens that way. You know, Murphy's Law. Do you know Murphy's Law? Yeah, Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yes. And I want, I want to give you a brief little lesson because I just love Murphy's Law because it's so, it's so true. So that so-called law is what's called an adagi, adage. Yeah. or epigram and oh, that's a short and memorable usually philosophical saying which holds some important important fact of experience that is considered true by many people or that has gained some credibility through its long mimetic use so murphy's law it's not an actual law no but, but it's pretty real because you know you can apply it it has been applied so anyway that's that's just a little, a little side note. I love Murphy's Law. I always blame it. When things are going wrong or when I'm in a high-stress scenario, I'm just like Murphy's Law. It's, something bad is definitely going to happen. It's a it's a good scapegoat for a lot of things. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's some of my that's my favorite saying. I like saying that. Anyway, um, so back to E. So running out of gas while driving is a huge fear of many people. I actually looked into it, and I couldn't find, you know, there's phobias of everything. I can't find a specific phobia, like a blank phobia of running out of gas there's like a fear of running out of battery there's a fear of breaking down in your car but there's never 
I, I, I could never find a, a fear of running out of gas, which I'm surprised because a lot of people tell me I'm terrified of running out of gas. Like you said, you never let your gas tank get below maybe like a quarter tank, right? Uh, I never let the, you know, like the light that comes on. Mm-hmm. I never let that stay on for too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as it comes on gas. Yeah. And that's my normal thought. But sometimes if I'm working, sometimes if, if I'm in the middle of nowhere, you know, I just have to keep driving and just kind of put it in the back of my head just to remain calm. So before letting your car run on empty, it's worth knowing just how many miles or few miles you can actually drive. Um, it's also a spark to know what else is at stake when you're driving on that low of gas. So if you do run out of gas, you can um, do damage to your catalytic converter, which may then uh, need to be repaired or replaced. So that's obviously a money expense. Even the simple act of driving with a low amount of fuel in your tank can damage your fuel pump because uh, the sediment or the solids in your gas tank sit at the bottom. And then when it starts pulling from the bottom, it'll pull like thick stuff through the gas pump and that, that could damage it itself. So it's just not, in general, it's just not a good practice to drive on on low gas. And, I mean, if you're driving, I know from work, if you're driving like a diesel truck, um, you can never really run out of diesel. You have to, um, pr- if you run out, you ha- the, the thing won't start up right again. You have to, like, do all this, like, priming steps and stuff. So it's just, it's really bad for a diesel engine. So it's obviously not good for a gasoline engine either. Um, so here's about the mileage. Most modern vehicles have a distance to empty gauge on their screen or dash or whatever. Do you have one in your car? It says like um, 20 miles to E or whatever. My dad's car does. My car doesn't have one, but I know a lot of modern cars yeah, do. Yeah, more modern you know? cars do. So this provides an approximation of how many miles can be driven before the car runs out of gas. So people prefer this over the low fuel warning light. Um, if the light did come on, they're just like, oh, no, I still have like 56 miles, it says, you know. And normally the the gauge is pretty accurate, but that's because it, it tracks your driving, what that your miles per gallon based on highway or like in a suburban area. So, I mean, it's based on your driving technique. So that's not going to accommodate your driving habits in the moment of stress where I'm almost out of gas, I have to drive fast. That's going to deplete your gas much quicker. So that's kind of like something that can go wrong in the moment. Well, isn't the sweet spot like there's a cruising speed that like if you go any faster, you're not you're using too much gas. But if you go too slow, I don't know. I saw a Mythbusters on it. Well, a lot of cars, the transmission has I don't know how many gears you're rocking in your transmission, but there's like sometimes an overdrive gear, which if you're driving on a highway and you get up above a speed and your RPM is stable, it'll get up into that overdrive transmission speed and then it just it basically it's just like a smooth crank and you're saving a lot of fuel you're barely spending anything unless if you speed up or slow down obviously it's going to change gears but yeah and cars are gas mileage is insane these days you know like just standard car i mean there's regulations so you you can expect good gas mileage but still people are pushing the limits people are moving faster than ever work play they're out all the time a car is just a tool that a lot of us take for granted you know without a car i couldn't i couldn't make money so you know, it's just we should really think about it and appreciate what we have, I guess. So, like I said, if most of your driving is done on the highway, then your distance me- em- distance to empty meter is probably not very accurate when you're stuck in traffic. So while the gauge provides a fairly accurate approximation, approximation when your tank is relatively full, it shouldn't be used to figure out the exact number of miles remaining in the tank when you're running on empty. 
So that's just a side note. Now, can you think of any car models that you're curious? Because I have a list of uh, how many miles you have when the gas light comes on in different in the top 50 um, models. I guess this is this is from 2015, so it's it's very similar now. I don't know why. I really want to ask about a Prius. A Prius, okay. Because I feel like, don't they have really good gas mileage? Well, a Prius is a hybrid, so you're rocking an electric engine. Um, now, I don't know much about the Priuses because... I don't know much about the Priuses because the Pri- Priuses, Pri-I? 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 Pri-I-I? The Pri-I-I. I don't know too much about them because I don't know if the electronic motor is reliant on the gasoline motor or it has its separate battery or another battery. So let's see if I can find it. Um, or here. What, what? Here we go. I got it. Oh, already? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Toyota Prius. When the gas light comes on, that means you have 1.6 gallons to empty. Okay. So um, that's pretty low compared to most other cars, which are around like two, three, four. So this is 1.6 gallons when the empty light comes on, and that gives you a range of 76 to 81 miles. Pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. So my buddies who do drive to work and school and whatnot on empty lights, you know, honestly, if they have a Prius, that's okay, you know? Just remember to fill it up after a day, right? Yeah. Because when I when you were talking about, I can imagine running having an empty gas tank and your engine trying to pull in gas is definitely not very good for the engine. Yeah, or yeah. the car itself. Not yeah. at all. Uh, any more models you're curious about? Uh, let's see. A, uh, I have some trucks. I have some SUVs. Sedans. Let's do a truck. Let's do. Um. Uh. Do you have an F one fifty? Yeah, and that's actually the top one. So when you're at the empty light comes on. That means you have a sixteenth of a tank, which it does. It doesn't tell me how many gallons that is, but it's a sixteenth of a tank. And I assume a truck has has a bigger fuel tank. Well, I know for a fact it, it would, um, and that gives you thirty five to eighty gallons, or eight, thirty five to eighty miles. I'm sorry, thirty five to eighty miles left with one sixteenth of a tank. Now that's your range based on what you're driving. Yeah, that's not. And that obviously, fun. if you're towing something, that's not going to be. So that's a pretty big range, you know? Yeah. Would you take the gamble of, of driving around on empty? I don't know. Well, what's funny is I, um, I'm not too much of a car aficionado, and I recently found out that cars do not hold as much gas as I thought. When it comes to amount of gallons in a car, I don't know why I had such a, like a large number in my head. Like what? You're thinking? Like, like, 30 to 40 gallons. That's a lot, yeah. That's, that's a lot. That would and, make the car heavy, too. Well, I was I, I remember I was filling up um I was filling up the car and I said, "Oh, I won't fill it up the, all the way. I'll put like 10 gallons in it." And then <laughs> I turned on Almost the car. Full. And I turned on the car and it was like one line away from full. I was like, "Huh. I guess I guess cars don't hold as much as I thought they do." Yeah. My car holds 19 and a half gallons, which is pretty big. I guess compared to a lot of cars, it's an SUV. Um, I don't know how much. Like, let's look up like uh, Honda, Honda Civic gas tanks. Honda Civic. I feel like twelve point four gallons. Yeah, that's that's pretty small, but it gets good gas mileage. So maybe it's it's like the equivalent. I assume because it's mine's a Honda and that's a Honda, they probably have the same amount of distance with normal driving conditions, even though they have different fuel tank sizes. That's probably just like the brand thing. I think of it in gallons of milk. That's a lot of milk. 
That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot of milk. Yeah, of I mean, milk. think of all the cereal you can get with all that milk. I always picture gallons and gallon containers of milk. That's just the way you do it. That's the way we're kind of trained in elementary school, right? Yeah, it's a gallon's a gallon, and then how there's four quarts in a gallon, right? Yeah, four quarts in a gallon. Four quarts or yeah, four, four cups pint. in a quart. How well, many is it? No, there's no, no, there's two pint, pints in a gallon. Oh yeah, there's two pints in a gallon, and then there's two cups in a pint. I think there's more than two cups in a pint. Well, then there wouldn't be four cups in a gallon. Uh, there's four cups in a in a pint. There's four cups in a pint. I there's think. definitely not. There's definitely more than four cups. You think in a gallon? Let's like you know what uh, the gallon man. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how many appendages he had. Let's see if there's like an image. There we go. But when am I converting cups to pints to gallons if I'm not in fifth grade? Okay, here we go. Here's a good one. There are four cups in a quart, two pints in a quart, four quarts in a gallon. You know what always throws me off about quarts? I, when I – okay, I think of gallons and milks, and I think of pints in pint glasses, cups in, like, measuring cups. I thought pints were bigger than quarts. No, no, no. Quartz, but you know what's funny? You know what I think of quarts as? I always think of quarts of ice cream. Oh, like, yeah. But when I see a quart of ice cream and I see a gallon of milk, I almost – I don't see how four of these could fit in one of that. Yeah, the ice cream is definitely bigger than a quart. What is it? It's considered a quart. Is it considered a quart? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Yeah, I guess they do call it that. But that's wrong. I don't know. Well, it looks wrong. Is a, is there such thing as a solid quart? Versus a liquid quart? Is that yeah. what you're saying? I don't know. Because there's like fluid ounces and... Well, Regu- no, that's regular. weight. I don't know. There's density. There's density. Maybe if we took it to a different planet, it would, yeah, is it, would this, be, it would work. Is it a quart of ice cream melted or solid? That's true because it definitely is expanded Wait, when it's frozen. Density doesn't change based on its form. Um, it still takes up the same amount of space. Yeah, still, or the same amount of density, no, but it takes up density, more space. Yeah, it takes up more space. Yeah. But that means it would take up even more space. No. Yes? If it's yeah. frozen, it takes up more space. It'll, it'll expand. Same density, though. Density shouldn't be the determining factor because you can still fit it in the same. Yeah, but isn't it? It goes a gas is the most voluminous, then liquid, then solid because the solid's most compressed. But no, I, guess, I think I think it's liquid is the most dense. I think because I, a lot of solids have space in between them, right? No, 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 because solid particles move the least. We are getting so sidetracked. <laughs> I want to look it up. I'm I'm so curious. No, because solids, no, solids are the most condensed form. It makes sense that you go from gas, liquid, solid. Think if you had a big room of gas, and then you compressed it down, it became a liquid, and if you compressed it even more, it becomes solid. Mass by volume. Mass by volume. Super gas. Water is the only substance that is more dense than a liquid. Yeah, water is an outlier. I know that. Because water expands when it freezes. Solid state. Solid water is less dense than all forms of liquid water. That's why ice floats. Finally, water in a gas state is the least dense. So, yeah. Gas, liquid, solid. Except water. Except for water, of course. Yeah, water's its own. Which then makes you think... Interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, back to cars. Um... Any more car models? I mean, everything's pretty much the same. It's it's you're looking at from like two a little less than two gallons upwards. The most I see is four gallons. What car has four gallons? 
four gallons, you're looking at a GMC Sierra Denali, so like the big SUV. Yeah. Yeah, and you can kind of picture that. And that gets you 64 to 92. So that's that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good for an SUV. Yeah. 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 But that's two gallons of gas. That's two gallons of gas, you know. So it's more like... Four gallons of gas. Four gallons of gas. So if you think of per mile per gallon, it's it's not that good. Not in really. That, in that sense, but... Yeah. So don't... Uh, moral of the story... Don't drive on with your gas light on. It's not the best. It's not a good practice for both yourself and your car. It could harm your car. It could harm your feelings if you break down on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. Murphy's Law. We all know what's going to go wrong. Will what go wrong. will go wrong. Um, anyway, yeah. So that just made me think a lot. Like, you know, where, where are we looking for the future? Cars are so efficient. Are we ever going to have to fill them up, you know? Are people going to get extra lazy as time goes on because they just expect their cars to have such good gas mileage? What's going to happen? I don't know, but if you if you think back to our our start starting discussion, cars will soon no longer have audio jacks as well. No. And then how can we plug in our aux when we're sitting on the side of the road with no gas? These are the big problems we have today. First world problems. We need to figure out how to deal with these. We need to plan ahead. Oh, wait, I didn't even think of the connection to cars and audio jacks. Yeah, if someone gets in my car with a phone without a headphone jack, they can't play their jams. Yeah, unless I've had that dong- problem. Unless I've they an, have a dongle. I have an iPhone 7. I don't carry my dongle with me. I don't rock my dongle. It's not an easy carry. Maybe there should be an invention of a case that has the dongle built in. You know, I'm, I can guarantee that's already a thing. Probably. It definitely. I see gadgets like that all the time. Well, I think that's it for this week, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I I hope you were informed on something here. <laughs> there was a lot. We covered a lot today. There's a lot. We got a little science in there, or like basic math science. It's fine. Uh, see you guys next week. Next week, by the way, is our annual lightning episode. Annual. Every 10 episodes, we do a lightning round of just topics. And I think, did we decide on what we're going to do? Not yet. I was thinking uh, uh, Darwin Awards. Okay. Yeah. Anything uh, science related in awards, there's there's uh, plenty to pull from. Yeah. Okay. You don't know what a Darwin Award I is. I don't. Yeah. It's, I um, assume it's <laughs> I assume it's for science. No, it's not. It's not. No. But we'll let you guys know next week. Uh, we'll see you around. What the hell is a Darwin Award? This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosever, and our outro music is created by our lovely host, Matt Berg. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. We are a weekly produced podcast. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. That's the number two, dot podcast.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.